still have uh, two hours to preach. And by the time I'm through, after two hours, it will be Angela and I standing in the same tomorrow. <laughs> Angela says, I'm going, I'm leaving. I'm leaving as well. It will be me preaching to cheers. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the angels also listening. <laughs> uh, the Lord has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you that these words are true, that you gave to us. You've opened our ears. And Lord, you have actually given me this morning the tongue of the learned to speak your word and to reach out to your people, to give understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. My message today, and possibly is going to be a series because of time. I titled it, Made Righteous. Made Righteous. A lot of people have uh, different ideas about what it means to be righteous But in this message, I want to talk to you about the importance of being righteous before God. It's so important. Being righteous before God. And the benefits that come from you being righteous before God. The need for righteousness for a man. And I'm going to start here in Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. This is the word of God speaking. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one that is righteous. So this is the way God is saying, this is so important to God that he is looking for a righteous person. And God says, there is none, not from the time of Adam till the present time, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's nobody that's lived on this earth that's been righteous before God. God says, no, not one. There is none Who understands? There is none who understands. Thank God you understand. But this is important. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. Notice, when this was written, there was no comma. When you understand, God is saying the most important thing for a man, righteousness, that's somebody that seeks after God. If you understand the benefits of it, you will seek after God. Jesus said clearly in the scriptures, he says, lest they should understand from their heart and I should heal them. 
And it's not talking about just physical healing. This was the parable of the sower. And it says, lest their ears, they hear, but they don't understand. Because once you understand, he says, lest they understand in their heart and turn. What does that word mean, turn? When you understand from your heart, you begin to seek God. You see? So he says, there is none that understands. None that seeks after God. So the most important thing for a human being is to seek after God. If you don't have understanding, and I'm talking to you listening to me, if you don't have understanding, there is no way you will seek after God. You don't know the benefits. You have no idea what you will obtain for yourself if you seek after God. Because you don't understand. And the reason because you're not righteous. You don't know how this is done. That's the way it starts. There's no righteousness there. But for those who know their God, they know to seek Him. There is none who seeks after God. And then God says, they have all turned aside. Instead of seeking God, they're doing many other things. They want to be famous. They want to have a good life. They want to have a good home. And they pursue all of these things. But there's only one thing that's important. Seeking after God. That will, that's what the Bible tells us. Matthew 6, 33. Seek what ye first. It's talking about seeking again. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's your number one search in life. There is nothing more important. You may think it's important to work. You may think it's important to gather. You may think it's important to get married and have great children and all of that. That's not the first thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. When you have understanding how beneficial this is, we don't have, our eyes have not been opened. We don't have that revelation. Because once we have that kind of revelation, what it means to be so close to God, (laughs) things will change. There was a man in the Old Testament that understood Job. Remember him? He wanted God more than anything. Even after everything was gone, he wasn't talking about what he lost and the things that were burnt and his children that died. All he was concerned What's going on between me and God? If you read it, what's going on? He wanted to understand what happened here. We, don't, we, don't, we never read that he was mourning after his children that died. Right? Or he was concerned about his wife that left. No. He was concerned, what's happening between me and God? What did I do wrong? How did I miss it? I've, I've done everything right. If you read, read in Job, this was a man that was seeking after God. God was primary in his life. He understood what it meant to be close to God. And he stayed with God. And you can read the latter years of this man's life. It's different. They've torn aside. And he says they have together become unprofitable. 
unprofitable. Unprofitable. He says, there is none who does good. No, not one. I wrote a tract out there. I said, good people don't go to heaven. You know why? Because there are no good people. God says there's not one good person. But notice he said, they have all become unprofitable. So God wants to profit from each one of your life. Okay? It's right there in the scriptures. That's not Pastor Goodlaw speaking. Scripture. They have all become unprofitable, not only to God, but to themselves. Their family and everything around them. Because they are not seeking after God. And the reason is, they don't know what righteousness means. But in the world, and you can look at it, everywhere in the world, there is something in it, in us. We want to worship. They want to worship. There is something that's pulling us. We need this righteousness. They needed it. And they don't know how to get to it. Some of them see a huge tree, and they've never seen a tree as big as this, and they worship the tree. There are gods all over, Muslims. They are seeking to find this one God to be close to him. Some of them fast. They pray maybe five times a day. What are they trying to do? They are trying to find this way to righteousness. Because in it, in man, that's the greatest need. No matter what you have. If your mind is there, it's your greatest need. They worship. But the problem is, they're sinners. They think the things that they're doing is going to help them to find this thing. But deep inside, they can never be satisfied. They cannot. You know why? They were born sinners. Born a sinner. Let's look at that. I have four things I'm going to talk about that. Every human being you see, he's born a sinner. That's who they are. They're sinners. A sinner, according to the scripture, is a slave to sin. A sinner is a slave to sin. Born that way. You can get away from it. Because you are born a sinner. So you are a slave to sin. The Bible tells us this in Romans 6 verse 17. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin. So that's the word. You were what? Slaves of sin. That's what Paul was writing about in Romans 7. He says, the things that I hate, that's what I find myself doing. The drug addict doesn't want to be a drug addict. 
He wants to be free. But he feels hell and there is no way out of it. The one who is doing great crazy stuff, sinning, there is no way out for them. They feel addicted. Even smoking is a problem. You think about it. They want to be free. You think they want to smoke? They will like it if they are truly free. I, read of a, I, I heard of a man who, who had no money, but he was so addicted to, to cigarettes, he, he saw a cigarette butt and he was smoking that. They want to be free. Everyone wants that freedom. Because they're doing something that they really hate. They're destroying their families. And they know they're doing something wrong. But they don't know how to stop. So we have psychologists and psychiatrists to help. Because, and they submit, they want to be free. But when you're born a sinner, it's hard to be free. So a sinner is born that way. Number two, what, what do you expect a sinner to do? Sin. That's who he is. A sinner, what? He's called a sinner. He sins. Don't be surprised about it. That's who he is. He's a sinner. When he appears, he is going to sin. You may get mad at it. You may complain about abortion and all of that. That's because you know God, right? But they don't see it your way. They see it differently. And they think you're crazy. Telling them not to do what they think is right. And they ask you questions. Do you think? And they're mad. Why? Because they're sinners. They can't see it your way. A sinner sins. Then the third thing. There are good sinners... And bad sinners. He says, I'm a very good person. Yes, you're a good sinner. That's who you are. You're born that way. A donkey cannot become a lion. That's who, that's who they are. They'll sin. So the guy says, I'm a good guy. I don't do this. I say, yes, you are good. You are a good sinner. You're born that way. There is no escape. And you can't change it. A sinner cannot be righteous on his own. He is born unrighteous. That's who he is. That's the gospel. That's why Paul was saying in, in, in Romans 7, who is going to deliver me from this death? I want to be changed. But you cannot do it on your own. And so people are seeking different ways they can get to this. Paul writes, even for the Jew that had a covenant, they still needed this righteousness. And they were doing their own thing to try to obtain righteousness. Paul writes in Romans 10, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God 
for Israel is that they may be saved. Salvation from the where you are that transforms you and transfer you, transfer you into another place, moves your life completely and changes you. He says, I pray for them that they might be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. That's a good sinner. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. You have to understand it before you can be transformed. There is none that seeks after God. Because there is none that understands. When you understand, you seek after God for the change. And so Israel, the Paul says, I bear them record. They have a zeal for God. And they want to be righteous, but not according to knowledge. There is a knowledge that you must obtain before you can get to that place. And it comes by revelation. By revelation. God starts it in your heart because you cannot make yourself righteous. You see, after Adam sinned, there was no way for him to go back and undo what he had done. Right? It was over. He couldn't go back to do anything. He couldn't change himself back to what he was. And even though God was there with him and God was seeking after him, nothing changed with Adam at that point. God had to devise a plan which took centuries to get Adam, man, back. And all of it, God wants us to understand it says, not according to knowledge. It says in verse 3, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. So there is what is called God's righteousness, which is also called the righteousness of faith, okay? And man's righteousness, which is what I call the good sinner. He can't change himself. It says, they were trying, they are ignorant of God's righteousness. Until you understand that what you need the most in your life is God's righteousness, you'll be doing it your own way. It's always by grace. You got no credit. But thanksgiving to God. Is that the way, that's the way it goes. They being ignorant of God's righteousness... And seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. If you're here this morning and you're hearing this message and you're watching over on television or or uh, the internet, please understand what you need is the righteousness of God and it has to be given to you. You can walk no matter how. How hard you work, you can get it. 
Because that righteousness of God changes who you are when you obtain it. It changes who you are and the way you think, your worldview, and it transforms you. Some of the things that you were doing, you hate them. And now you have the power to separate yourself from it and then you can live for God. And if you're still doing those things and claim that it's okay, it's a clear sign you are a good sinner. You haven't obtained. You haven't obtained. So the Jews didn't know that. So there are two kinds of righteousness. Romans chapter 10, verse 5 and 6 tells us, For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. They're trying to be good. Children of Israel, they were given the law. But let me tell you something about the righteousness of the law. You know God gave them commandments. And let me read this other scripture so you can understand. It says, For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which, of faith, which is of faith speaks in this way. So he's telling you the way to obtain righteousness. And that righteousness is the righteousness of God that you can obtain through faith. And then it's called the righteousness of faith. But let me show you something here. He says in Luke chapter 1 verse 6, And they were both righteous, speaking of Zacharias and Elizabeth, his wife, before Jesus' father and mother of uh, John the Baptist. He says, And they were both righteous before God. Okay? Walking in all his commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Paul himself said, Concerning the law, I was blameless. Was he righteous before God? According to the law. But if you look at the law, this is what God did. God gave them the commandments, and we heard on Wednesday, it's not the just uh, commandments uh, that was given to them, ten commandments. There were so many commandments. There were commandments about incest. That's not part. There were commandments about all kinds of things. And there was a lot of commandments. And I met a friend, a Jewish friend, who says, nobody can keep those commandments. There's so many. He said, you Christians have made it very simple for yourself. And you think you're going to heaven. And he says, no, nobody can keep those commandments. There are so many. Nobody can. And it's true. But notice what God did. Right after he gave them the commandments, he knew they couldn't keep it. They couldn't keep them. So what he did, right after that, he starts telling them, you have to bring sacrifices, you have to kill animals, you have to do this, you have to do that. And, and so these people were blameless. For only one reason, and they were righteous before God, because every year they made sure they brought their animals for their sacrifice, according to the ordinances given to them. And so they were righteous on that. But let me show you something. In their own righteousness, in the Old Testament, and this is more teaching than preaching this morning, in in their own uh, righteousness, they had a high priest. Just as we have a high priest, right? 
And that's the one that represented them. And he alone can go into the Holy of Holies. He alone. And when he goes into the Holy of Holies, and guess what? They have a, a rope tied to his leg and a bell because he could die. If he goes in there, it's only one man. Only one man at a time that can, and he's a high priest that can go in there. But when he gets in there, all he sees is the angels that were molded, right? Two angels with the wings touching. And the mercy seat, there's nobody there. I know the Holy Spirit is present, okay? But there's no, it's not physical thing that he could see. He just have the mercy seat. Mercy seat. That's all they could do. And only one man. That was then. And he has to be righteous before God in all the ordinances and everything that God is giving to them. But if you look at the New Testament, I believe that's Hebrews 4 verse 16. It says, Come boldly into where? The throne is a different place. It's a different place. In their righteousness, they go to the mercy seat. We don't go to the mercy seat. He says, let us therefore come boldly into the throne room where the king of kings is seated. Not only just the mercy seat. Just about now you are coming into the throne room where God himself is. And the high priest is seated right by the, the son of, by the, by the father. And he's praying for you. And now there is no rope tying your leg when you walk in and you are so scared. Uh, I hope I make it out of this place alive. Please God, I got blood. But when you come in with the blood of Jesus, you're not just going to a, a mercy seat where you sprinkle. No, everyone is invited. Can I hear an amen? Everyone is invited. And you come in not timidly and afraid. God says to what? Come boldly into the throne of room of God that you might what? Obtain mercy and then find what? Grace to what? Help in times of need. He's not only for your forgiveness of sin now. He covers everything. Can you see the difference? We go into the throne room. Because of grace. Because we have obtained righteousness. Amen? We go into the throne room. So there are two kinds of righteousness. Before God. The thing about it. A monkey cannot make itself a lion. You can do it yourself. God has to make you righteous. And guess what? You heard if you were here on Wednesday. Man is never sought for God. Truly. When Adam sinned, guess what? He never wanted to be in the presence of God. He was running away. 
Guess who was looking for him? God's always looked for man. Job almost strayed because of his words. Finally, God showed up to bring him back. You understand what I'm saying? He does that. Remember what Jesus said, and please take this to heart. He said, if a man has a hundred sheep, right? And one is hurting. Is the sheep looking for the shepherd? Is the shepherd looking for the sheep? It's always like that. You know why? God sought you out. He wanted you. He wanted you so badly, you wouldn't even understand it. The depth of his love for you and the desire to have you part of his kingdom is so great. He's willing to sacrifice his son just to have you. He's willing to sacrifice his son. God has always been the same God. Seeking after us. While we are running away from him. He, comes, he keeps coming after us. Waiting. With a broken heart. Because we are going the other way. And he wants you back. You have no right to be in his presence. But he wants you back. In the Old Testament, if you look at their, their, the, 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 the righteousness they have, they can't get in the throne room. There was one man that got in the throne room. He was already righteous according to the law, already a prophet. Isaiah, remember him? Isaiah chapter 6, when God brought him into his throne room and he saw God, guess what? He felt... I'm undone. I'm undone. He had to be cleansed. Even though he was already prophesied from God. It's a major difference. Amen? But God has been seeking after us. He makes, the reason I'm going into this message is not to tell you about righteousness. I want to talk more in the next message about the benefits of being righteous before God. That's why God is seeking us. Because once you become righteous, the heavens are open. And God's presence in your life can never go away. No matter what you do. You know, some of the things that Christians do, when somebody newly gets saved, they still have some of their old ways. You know, they are babies. Right? You know how babies are. They are always crying for milk, right? And as they grow, they are really mischievous. You know not to leave them alone because they can even drink the bleach or something if you leave them there. They don't know better. But Christians want them to become mature Christians. God accepts them the way they are. You understand what I'm saying? They just need to grow. Does that make them unrighteous when they do crazy stuff? They, they were made righteous. Let me read the scripture to you. Romans 5 verse 17, uh, 19, sorry. For as by one man's disobedience, many were what? What? Made sinners. 
They didn't make themselves sinners. They were made sinners. And a sinner sins. That's who he is. Don't be surprised that they are sinning. That's who they are. They're just expressing who they are. So also, by one man's obedience, many are what? Will be made what? Righteous. So God is the one that makes you righteous. And when God makes you righteous, no man, not even yourself, can make yourself unrighteous. God's done it. I'm going to come to the place where if you continue to sin, we're coming to that. Okay? We're coming to that next message. But God is the one that made you righteous when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. He made you righteous. And so you live as a righteous person. I'm way back my time. But I want you to understand this. I'm coming some, going somewhere. This is just the first part of this message. But would you stand up with me today? I pray you understand where I'm going with this. And have a good understanding of what it is. I know we're saved. But I want you to know where you stand with God. You are righteous before God. Why? Because God has made you righteous. And the important thing about being made righteous, you begin to hate things that are not godly. And you want to get away from it. Because you can't be a lion living like a sheep. A sheep. You can't do that. Because you're different now. You're different because God has made you righteous. And we come into scriptures, you are the righteousness of God. Amen? Can you say this morning, I am the righteousness of God. God has made me righteous. I can never be made unrighteous. God made me righteous. And there are so many benefits to that. We come into that. First, understand, lay that foundation in you. I know we make mistakes. But that doesn't make, you can't, because I just seen today, now I am unrighteous. Tomorrow, I become righteous. It's a big difference. And we can read, I know you don't understand, but I'm going to come to that. In 1 John, it makes it very clear. When God tells you to do something, let me give you a point. Because some people are saying, I can, when you do something, you become unrighteous. It doesn't work that way. John says, 1 John tells you, if you say you have no sin, you make God a liar. He's not writing to unbelievers. Get it? He was writing to Christians. When God tells you to do something, go talk to that person. And you refuse to do that. What is that? Sin. Do we do that? A lot. Does that make you immediately an unbeliever? No. That doesn't happen. You can never be made. So my point is, 
Establish yourself. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess who you are? If you don't have your own righteousness, you have his own righteousness. I quote one scripture and I keep my mouth shut because I'm talking a lot. <laughs> no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I shall condemn. This is what? The heritage of the servants of the Lord. And God says, and their righteousness is from me. Can you get that? Their righteousness is from me. The reason they can't touch you is because you are God's righteousness. He gave it to you. Can we praise him for that this morning? Praise him for that this morning. You are the righteousness of God. Don't ever condemn yourself. Don't ever put yourself down. And don't let anybody tell you something otherwise. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's including you when you're thinking that way. Amen? Let's lift our hands this morning and give God praise. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that you have established us as the servants of the living God because you have made us righteous. We are your servants ready to be used. We are no longer slaves of sin. We are now slaves of righteousness to bring your light to the world. We give you praise and we thank you because you have made us righteous. How many righteous people do we have in the house? Hallelujah. We are all righteous before God. Don't judge your brother. You don't know what God is doing in your lives. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.